Salutations and check your sanity at the door. Time for five minutes of fun and your otherwise miserable lives. Yes, it's Beware the Hairy Mango, and I am your stalwart guide, Matthew Sanborn-Smith. Let us brush back the mango's hair and explore the smooth terrain below. As you know, I don't do a lot of product endorsements on this show, people, but I felt that I had to let you know about the amazing Gorilla Glue. Super powerful, gets the job done, although you may already know that Gorilla Glue is the only glue you should think of when you have to reassemble your broken gorilla. What you may not know is that it also works wonders when you're attaching many gorillas to each other to create one giant super gorilla. The link is in the show notes, mostly to prove to some of you that I didn't make the stuff up. Now glue yourself to my lilting voice and let's wade out into the story waters. What could be more bloomin' happy than a story with a title like City of Killers? Here we go. City of Killers by Matthew Sanborn Smith. Cutlery murders were true crimes of passion because you had to really want to do it. They were often some of the messiest killings as well. Being a homicide detective was real job security, but nothing had prepared Jones for the spoon killer. When he'd first gotten word of the spoon killer, he assumed, like a lot of other people, that the guy killed spoons. If only that had been true. Jones knew of a few spoons this city could do without. No, this guy killed people, using spoons to do it. And nothing as humane as a melon baller, either. Jones had heard of victims done in with teaspoons, tablespoons, ladles, and measuring cups. This one on the slab threw a full set of wooden spoons. Betty Binkus, the coroner, had removed over 2,700 splinters from the body. Nothing worse than inheriting a case, especially from Wilson. Now there was a guy who needed a good spooning, but it was the fresh raspberry killer who did him in. Jones would have gotten that case too if that guy hadn't gotten into a lethal spat with his lover, the custard sprinkled with chocolate shavings killer. Been a lot of killers running around here lately, huh Betty? Jones said. Betty pulled off her gloves and dropped onto her task chair. They'd been keeping her pretty busy lately. She had job security. Yeah, well, remember the serial killer? She asked. The guy who killed people with Rice Krispies? No cereal with an S, silly. They both laughed at his mistake. The guy who used to kill people with soap operas, Jones said. Exactly. He said something to me on his last day in court that might explain things. He said, I'm talking a kite saute a canteen. What the hell is that? Jones asked. That's nonsense. What does that explain? That he's a crazy bastard, Betty said. We've got a bunch of killers because we've got a bunch of crazy bastards running around this town. Betty, that's brilliant. I know how we can catch this guy. That night, Jones prowled the street dressed as a giant spoon. He felt ridiculous, but this killer was, as Betty said, a crazy bastard. As his killings progressed, his choice of spoons became more esoteric. How in the hell could he ever pass up a weapon as bizarre as a man dressed as a spoon? He just plain couldn't, that's all, Jones concluded. The chief, as always, wanted a backup plan. Jones suggested they run a classified ad for a spoon killer killer. He, of course, had to specify that what he was after was a guy that killed spoon killers, not a guy that used spoon killers as a weapon with which to kill. This came to so many words that the chief put the kibosh on the whole backup plan because of budget restrictions. He always did know how to play the chief. Jones had faith in plan A. Beneath the streetlight in front of the restaurant supply store, a big creepy-looking guy eyed Jones while bouncing nervously. He made his way over slowly, and Jones watched his backup close in on the creep. This was going to be fun. In the seconds before they pounced on the spoon killer, Jones saw an open career highway for him, leading straight to the commissioner's office. It was all so easy. Tomorrow night they'd corner the petroleum jelly killer, and then the 1999 green plastic mailbox killer, or the Hylai Fronton killer. That guy had to be huge. They'd need a lot more backup for that one. And Jones would need a lot more costumes. Costume maker. Now that was job security. <laughs> What the hell just happened there? 
Could you follow it? I couldn't. Go back and listen to it again. Call a friend and ask their advice. You can bathe in the shower of genius that is this story or other similarly confusing stories at my fabulous blog, the1000.blogspot.com, or sit firmly clenched right here at bewarethehairymango.com for more squeezings from the ripest fruit. If you love me half as much as I love myself, and that's not asking much from you at all, give me money. The lonely donate button longs to feel your smooth hands on its glossy curves. Curse me out by way of a comment on this post or emailing me at matthew at bewarethehairymango.com. Subscribe through iTunes or RSS on the homepage. This podcast is rallying the masses by way of a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 United States License. Until next time, this is Matthew Sanborn-Smith saying if you stretched me into a string one atom thick and laid me in a straight line, it would really, really hurt. Good night.